Well, hello out there and welcome once again to another edition of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here as I always am with my lovely wife, Michelle. Hello, everybody. So good to have you with us. Once again, we are recording this show on Sunday, September 30th, 2018, and it also just happens to be International Podcast Day. So isn't that lucky for us? It is. (laughs) So we're so happy to be able to bring this show to you on International Podcast Day. And we appreciate that you found us today. In the future, you can find us on 1057max.com. If you're looking for us on that page, we're under the Max Plus tab. You can just kind of hit that. It'll, it'll have a drop-down thing in there, and it'll show our podcast right there. In the future, you can also find us on the uh, Max FN app. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play Music. And whenever we have a new episode, it'll just come right to your device, right to your phone. You'll know when we have a new episode. And if you get a chance, uh, we really appreciate it. If you could just give us a little quick rating, if you have even a little bit longer, maybe a quick review, that'd be really nice. It would help a lot of people uh, find our podcast, uh, Disney fans like you, to know that we exist out there. That's right. And we've had some great feedback and emails and at our website. So um, if you could also share that information with a rating, that would also let other podcasters know about it. By the way, I was just I was just looking over Michelle over here and she's on this really tall chair <laughs> and her feet are just dang. She, Michelle's like five feet tall. If you don't know how, she's a little tiny thing. And I can just see her feet dangling there and I was just, it was just distracting me for a second there, but it's as cute as can be. So, Thank uh, you, sweetie. Yes, she is absolutely correct. We really appreciate it out there. We really appreciate all the input that uh, you give us each week and uh, we really love hearing from you and if you want to uh, get in touch with us in the future you can find us on social media we're all over the place uh, on Twitter we're at, at, at Hyperion Podcast Facebook and Instagram at Hyperion Adventures Podcast you can email us all the time whenever you want Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com and we even have our own website outside of the uh, Max FM website we have our own website which is Hyperion Adventures Podcast.com we love hearing from you um, so please please contact us whenever you get a chance if if you have anything you want to say to us, even just a hi. That's right. That's right. And if there's some some requests that you have or some tips you want to share, we'd love to give you the credit for that. And actually, later on today, I have one from uh, Tom O. Oh, Tom O is back. <laughs> yes. Oh, Tom O from uh, Massachusetts, right? That's right. Very yeah, good. he's uh, making another appearance. That'll be interesting to hear what he has to say later on in the show. Speaking of our show today, we've got lots of stuff for you today. Uh, we have... Later on, coming up, some Disney Cruise Line news. We have stories about upcoming events both at the Walt Disney World Resort and the Disneyland Resort, including some interesting stuff about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge that came out this week. And, of course, uh, at the end of it all, we'll wrap it up with our tips of the week. But first, we need to get to our main topic. We always start with one big topic every week, at least one big topic every week. And this week, we took a little journey up the 5 freeway to one of our favorite spots up yes. to the Disneyland Resort. Uh, it's almost October. It's the September 30th day. That means October is tomorrow. That means Halloween will be in full force. Not that it hasn't been for weeks right. at the, both Disneyland Resort and the Walt Disney World Resort. But we wanted to check it out for ourselves uh, to see what was going on up there. That's right. And, you know, this year we didn't do the um, Mickey's Scary Halloween party. Mickey's not so scary. Not so scary. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You, it's not it's, so must scary. Must be a little scary for you. <laughs> it is. That headless horseman comes out. Oh! 
No, it's Mickey wearing, having fangs is a scary <laughs> thing to me. Yes. It's terrifying. Uh, right. But we wanted to still get into the to the fun of Halloween at Disneyland. And it was it really was a lot of fun. And it's a great time of year to go. Um, the weather is a little bit more reasonable than our past hot summer months. So uh, I would say it's a great time to visit Disneyland Resort. Yeah, we got a lucky day yesterday. It was absolutely beautiful out there. Uh, wonderful. It was up in the high 70s, maybe the low 80s. It hit, right. But it was just a beautiful day. And yeah, of course, there's Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. And yes, you should go to that if you get a chance. But you don't have, that's not the only thing that's going on out there at the Disneyland Resort or the Walt Disney World Resort, for that matter, if you're looking for some Halloween fun this coming season. And that's what we kind of wanted to talk about. Right. And I also want to do a shout out to our our friends in Paris, well, in France, in Europe, we get a lot of great tweets from them regarding the Disneyland Paris Halloween festivities, and that looks a lot of fun, too. Yeah, sometimes we have to make it out there for that. That'd be Absolutely. a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Plus Paris, you know. I know, right? <laughs> Not, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> so we were tweeting all out yesterday. We, th- we threw a lot of pictures out there. Uh, we actually um, teased a few things we're going to talk about throughout the show. But uh, if you want to check out some of our pictures, you can f- find us on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast. Also on Instagram, I put out some pictures, too, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. So let's get to it. Let's talk about what we saw out of the Disneyland Resort. And I'm going to start it off just walking into the place and the decor uh, the theming they have for the Halloween is just amazing out there. Don't you agree? Absolutely. It is really, I mean, you instantaneously get into the spirit of the Halloween season and autumn, and it's just great. Just um, right away, you can feel it. Yeah, so many jack-o'-lanterns. You wouldn't even, and we're going to talk about this later on, but there are so many jack-o'-lanterns out there that it's great. Uh, there's all sorts of little touches here and there. Cars Land, if you go to the Disney California Adventure Park, Cars Land is totally decked out uh, with a whole bunch. They use like, car parts to make spiders and make these little uh, scary faces kind of uh, going across the, the uh, Route 66 there right. in Radiator Springs. And um, over at uh, Mater's, what is it? It's now Mater's. Graveyard Jamboree. Right. Uh, they have uh, they have some uh, radiators that look like gravestones. They just really do some interesting touches to make it really look fantastic. Right. And the posters out there, mm-hmm. and like you said, all kinds of little touches throughout the the whole of Cars Land that is just really cute as can be. Absolutely. And over at another part of the park that they actually are starting to draw some people to. They kind of. It's kind of the part of uh, California Adventure Park that just kind of gets lost in the shuffle, but it's kind of over by the Paradise Gardens over there. They've turned that into, um, they, they do a lot of uh, Dia de los Muertos stuff over there now right. with Coco and everything. It's uh, Plaza de la Familia over there. And uh, there's really cool stuff in that corner that I'm going to talk about here in a second, but that's great. Even one other thing that was even a cute touch is we were walking around the backside past Grizzly, Grizzly River Run. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been out there, but there's a big bear out there with a, he's got a life jacket on and he's got an oar and he was in his other hand, he had a Mickey uh, Mickey pumpkin basket, you know, right. like he was ready, ready to go out trick-or-treating. So they even touched it on the area that you don't really think uh, necessarily Halloween. So just the little touches were fantastic. Oh, yeah. Such creativity. And, it's, and even though we've been there several years, consecutive years, it's just each year we see a little something different. And, and so hats off to the 
creators mm-hmm. and decorators over there at Disney uh, Disneyland Resort. Well, it was really last year. I mean, we heard it for the first time at the D23 Expo last year when they said that we're going to expand our Halloween stuff uh, throughout the park. And that's right. when they decided, that's when they announced they were going to do this in Cars Land. And let me tell you, Cars Land steals the show. I mean, it, it's great everywhere. Of right. course, uh, you know, the Haunted Mansion holiday is fantastic. And I'll talk about that in just a second here. But uh, the Cars Land really, really brings it home. I think it's it's wonderful what they do out there. Right. Even the cars, like Mater yeah. and... Uh, um yeah, Lightning McQueen, Lightning and McQueen, Cruz, Ramirez. Cruz Ramirez this year. Yes, so they're all decked out they're in, in their costume, costume too. Yeah, so. we had a picture with Mater out there. That was a lot of fun. So yeah, uh, so good. Uh, speaking of the Haunted Mansion holiday, we that was one of the first things we wanted to do. And let me make this suggestion to you, as we we kind of knew this going in, but it just proved itself out there. When you go there, just go get a fast pass right away. If you're not there at Rope Drop, because we were there, we got in about 20, 30 minutes after Rope Drop. We right. were running a little slow. Um, we went, the first thing we did, <laughs> comment on this. Uh, no, we were fine. We got there. We had we, we got everything done we wanted to do. Um, we went and got a fast pass for it, uh, went and did a couple other things, came back to it, and the line was crazy. There's so much attention for this attraction, and you know, with good reason. It's so right. good. Uh, definitely get a fast pass for it and do it. Yeah, and um, if you have max pass, that can also help too. But right, you don't want to end up getting to there and not having a fast pass because you will be waiting for quite a long time. It really is popular for good reason. It's a great show, great holiday overlay, and it's one of our favorites. Yeah, it's you know, and it comes out only for a, it's about four months of the year every year, but it's it's just wonderful and. Jack and Sally and the whole gang from Halloween Town. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, they have a new, and we've talked about this on past episodes, every year in the middle in the ballroom uh, segment of the Haunted Mansion, they have a new gingerbread house, and it's it looks great again this year. I think it, you'd agree. Uh, definitely. And it smells wonderful. Yeah, and you get that waft of sweet gingerbread, sweet and kind of spicy gingerbread. It's just so good. It, it's just a lot of fun, and we really enjoy it. So definitely do that when you go there. Uh, we didn't do Space Mountain Ghost Galaxy, but that's another holiday overlay mm-hmm. that they have going on there in the Disneyland Park if, if you're looking for more uh, Halloween fun. Uh, we did go over back to, well, once we got the fast pass we bolted right back over to uh disney's california adventure park and we went to the mater's graveyard jamboree right which was a lot of fun i mean it's basically the same ride but they changed the songs we had we heard the monster trucks mat you know like the monster mash oh it was the monster truck smash and there was also a trunk or treat uh, you know, just these little fun songs that they just twist a little bit to add a little Halloween flair to it. Right, right. But it's using the same voices yeah. and, and everything. So you, still, you still get Mater. It's still Mater singing, but just more singing, holiday. Singing. <laughs> Halloween holiday. Singing may be generous. Uh, but it's so fun. <laughs> um, and then we went over to Luigi's Honkin' Hall, Hall H-A-U-L, Hall-O-Ween. And that's also great. You know, it's the dancing, all his all his cousins from Carsley, they're dancing. But again, it's to uh, some of the tunes that you may know, but they give it a little uh, Halloween spin to them, that, literally spin. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. that was good, honey. <laughs> yeah, it was not intended, but there you go. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, so well, we had a great time with both of those. Oh, yeah. And, and the decorations there, too, like uh, all the banners 
were all orange, you know, Halloween looking. So, it, you know, hopefully you can hear in our voices and what we're trying to describe. It's a lot of fun. It's really great uh, Halloween decor and everybody would love it. Speaking of that, we talked about this just a little bit ago. Really cool decor was over at the Paradise Gardens where it's, like I said, it had been transformed into Plaza de la Familia uh, for in honor of Coco coming right. out when it's just so much uh, around uh, Halloween, but in particular the Dia de los Muertos, which is the day after Halloween usually. Uh, but it was great. Some of the things you could do there, some very interactive stuff that was fun and uh, really heartfelt. Like we went out there and they have right. a they have a wall of chains almost, and you can go in there and they pick up you have a little piece of paper and a little string, and you can write down memories of your family on there and hang them there. And there's just there are hundreds, literally hundreds, maybe thousands, thousands sure. of uh, people who've hung up their memories. We, I did one for my my grandparents and my aunt. I know you did one for, for my dad and my brothers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, that was really touching and wonderful to be able to do. And, and then there's another area, another little pavilion area that has a, just dedicated to Coco itself that has a lot of photos from the and some like there's uh, the co- not the actual guitar that uh, was. Um, well, of course, it's not the actual guitar. It's an animated movie. <laughs> but it's not the, the guitar that, uh, you know, um, what, why can't I think of his name? Uh, the main guy that Ernesto. sings Remember Me. Ernesto de la Cruz. Thank you. Um, not his, but it was actually co- uh, Miguel's guitar right. that he had put together. And that's standing there. He took a picture of that. And that was cute as could be. Uh, but all sorts of little touches about the movie there. There's the picture of Miguel and Mama Coco there. Right. And uh, that was really cute. Yes. But uh, uh, you could also go in there and you could go and get your own mask. It's just a little kind of uh, color and you can color it any way you want. Mask of either Dante or Papita, the Alabrijes. Uh, and you can, you know, your kids can color them and their little masking kind of walk around with just a little paper mask, but it's just kind of fun. Right, right. It's, it's similar to the things that you see at Epcot, um, family cot areas. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, they have crayons there and everything like that. The whole area there is just so colorful and really captures the essence of when you're watching Coco. Um, the music, whether you're listening to a live mariachi mm-hmm. band or just background music in between sets, it's really amazing what they've done there. And they have a couple different mariachi bands. Uh, the first, we saw a little bit of one, and the mariachi divas are almost always there, and they're always right. great, too. We saw them as well, a little bit of them, but it's a lot of fun. We did catch, well, I caught much, <laughs> much of the musical celebration of Coco. Um, we have some tips involving that because, uh, unfortunately, I just talked a little bit ago about Michelle only being five foot tall. <laughs> well, we got there a little later than we probably should have. We were actually going in, on a separate subject. We were watching the the Pixar Monic Band over at Pixar Pier. We're kind of killing some time until we're going to go over there and see this show. By the way, they're amazing. They're yeah, go, hysterical. Go check them out. Yes. They're, they're, they're really fun. Um, of course, that takes away from what we're talking about, but I just wanted to bring them up real quickly because we're enjoying it. But it did keep us from getting there. I'm going to tell you, if you're going to go to this show, it's you know it's been out there on social media. There's been a lot of stuff uh, showing them out there. So this suddenly very popular um, and it, there's no raised seating or everything. It's right there in front of the uh, Paradise Gardens, the Plaza de la Familia. Uh, so uh, if you get there and you're three or four rows back, uh, you have to try and squeeze and see through people. I'm six foot tall, and I had some trouble seeing through people. Michelle, I don't know if you saw anything, really. I saw I saw some of it. I got the essence of it, you know, the especially the dancers. They do come around to the whole mm-hmm. circle. You're, you're in a, like a circle area. And so they all do come around. It's just, you know, trying to, like you're saying, peek in between people or, you know, and everybody's videotaping it, too, which I totally get. It's yeah. beautiful. Beautiful show, you know, so it's just kind of moving your head back and forth to, to try to find the 
the the sweet spot. Yeah. So I mean, it is a cool show, but I mean, obviously uh, Michelle is vertically challenged, <laughs> um, and so if you have your children there, they're almost certainly vertically challenged. So if they can't, I mean, we saw a lot of people who put their young, their smallest kids on their shoulders and that's fine and everything. Right. But if they're maybe a little too big for that or your back isn't ready to put somebody on their shoulders for about 15, 20, 30 minutes, um, then you might want to try and get there really early. Like I'm, I'm almost telling you like when one show ends, you might want to start getting there around that time right. for the I, next show. That's what I did see, you know, like within five minutes of when the show ended and cleared out that there was already, you know, probably about, 75% of the first row starting to sit there ready to be right. in place for the second show. And, the, you know, the biggest problem with being short is that the, the, the puppet, um, which is the biggest thing of the show, right. which is amazing, by the way. Um, right. You know, and obviously it's Miguel and he's vertically challenged. Right. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> it, it, so if you, you know, if you can't see around or over somebody, it's tough to see him because he's low to the ground. So it makes it a little tough, but, um, but the show is great. And so I, I would highly recommend you going out there and trying it. It's about a 15 minute show. Uh, the Mariachi Divas who we were just talking about, right. they take part in it. Uh, some other singers and dancers who are very interactive with the crowd and a lot of fun. They take part of it. They play four songs from the movie. Uh, the World Is Me Familia, if you remember that song. Remember Me, of course. Yes. Un Poco Loco, which right. is one of our favorites. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Proud Corazon, uh, which is uh, kind of the song at the end of it. And that's what Miguel sings, Un Poco Loco and Proud Corazon. Right. Um, but uh, like I said, get there early. Uh, it's actually, I mean, they do interact with the people on the sides. But they do face forward a lot. I would recommend it for the best seats, if you get there early, go to the front. So you're looking straight into the Plaza de la Familia because that's where you're going to get the best interaction with the best view of Miguel and all the dancers and everything else. Um, so uh, that's what I would recommend. But uh, right. I, I would say go do it if you get a shot. Oh, absolutely. It's, cool. it's well worth it. You know, well, well worth it. It's very colorful. And like you said, you named all the songs. It's real, and they go through the story of the movie anyways. and you know, in a very shortened synopsis, but it is beautiful. Yeah. And it's impressive. It, like you said, the puppetry, the puppetry is amazing. Is, yeah. And by the way, there, I mean, there, there are some other simple puppets. It's, not, it's really simple. There's some other puppets there, but Miguel is the most uh, interesting one, but there are some other puppets that come in as well, but it's, it's really cool. Oh yeah. And we've always said Disney really does puppetry quite well. We see that a lot on the cruises. And so this topped it. I think mm -hmm. this was amazing. Yeah. They, 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 you're right. They've topped themselves with this one. It's a really great show and I highly recommend it. But another with the entertainment let's get to what we really want to talk about when we're talking about halloween <laughs> stuff the food the food the food the food right uh what did you think about the food i thought the food was great and want to give a little bit of information that we didn't know going in there i mean we we thought there was a food guide and we found out there, there is there is uh they didn't happen to have a at the time and so they shared with us to find it on the app so we did find it and you can download it right there and you know then have a full description of both parks what's what's mm -hmm. at the, the food specific to the halloween season yeah if you go to the app virtually every restaurant you open up there's not only the regular menu there but there's also like a thing underneath it that says just you know holiday specific and this goes for any of the holiday events or any of their events going on and you can click on that, and it'll lead you to, uh, if you want to just download the actual food guide, which makes it easy because it lays it all out to you, and it breaks it down by right. kind of types of food, whether it just be snacks, whether it be you know, more of the heartier stuff. Um, but it's really simple to find. But also, if you don't want to download it, it is, uh, all that stuff is right there on the app as well. And a lot of the stuff, uh, you can now mobile order at Disney, which uh, it is very handy as well. Um, I have to say, 
was a lot of sweets. Yes. <laughs> Only a few savory dishes out there. So we didn't get to try as much as we want because we just didn't want to overdo the sweets. Sweet, sweet, sweets all right. the time. So we tried a few things. Um, a lot of the stuff looked amazing. I know I, I saw somebody with the, uh, the Mickey Mummy macaroon right. from the Jolly Holiday Bakery, which looked great. I think that's kind of got an Oreo type feeling, like a cookies and cream type filling to it. It's really cool. I saw someone else walking out of Clarabelle's with a bat wing I can't. I don't know if this is the exact name. But it's like the back wing Sunday, right. which looked really so good. Cute, yeah. yeah, but the things we tried, uh, we got over. We took a couple things out of uh, from over at the Paradise Gardens, over exactly where the Plaza de la Familia is, and everything. And of course, those are focused on cocoa, and they serve a lot of uh, Mexican style food over there. So, uh, things we got were the conchita, which is a traditional Mexican sweet bread with dulce de leche filling, which is kind of a really rich caramel. Right. Um, that was good. I had some of that last night. Uh, it was, uh, the bread was, you know, if, if you're just getting the bread, it's sweet, but it's a little dry, but then you get into that dulce de leche and that is delicious. And you combine the two. It's a little sweet, you know, it's a lot of caramel, but it's really good. Like if you have a cup of coffee, really good with right, a cup of coffee. Yes. Really good with a cup of coffee. Absolutely. Uh, then we got the cocoa cake. The cocoa cake is Amazing. I see you've got a piece I right have, here, right I now. I saved my piece from last night. I couldn't do it. I Well, after the second milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the milkshake in a second here. <laughs> after the second one of that, I was like, okay, I, I got to kind of cut back here. So I brought mine here today. I wanted to try it. It's beautiful. Very colorful. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. And there's the first bite. Mmm. Mm. That is good. It's really good. It's, it's not too sweet. The sponge cake isn't overly sweet. The frosting. The, the frosting really helps make it because it's, what it is, it's a, it's a multicolored right. sponge cake. It's kind of red, orange, and pink. Um, the filling is a, what they call a cinnamon churro mousse filling. And then it's got a cream cheese icing or, or a frosting on it, which kind of the tartness from the cream cheese uh, really cuts, uh, cuts it so it doesn't, it's not too sweet. It's really good cake. Right. I guess if you like, um, I would compare it to if you like the the contrast of that with a red velvet cake. Yeah, this is kind of similar. Very similar. Only got a little more cinnamon in there with the churro exactly. mousse and right. stuff. Right, right. But it's really good. Highly recommend that yeah, one. That absolutely. was one of my favorites. I was mm. glad we got that. We saw somebody with it. And we're like, we have to get that. Yes. So we got that. Um, but what was the real hit for us? <laughs> and we took a picture of it and put it on Instagram because it's just beautiful for one thing, but it's also delicious. Uh, and I'm not usually a big pumpkin spice person, but this pumpkin spice milkshake from Flo's V8 Cafe in uh, in Carsland is delicious. It is. It's amazing. We got two of them. It's so good. We got one early in the day. We had to go back before we went home to get another one because it was so good. Right. You know, and, and we don't usually have that many sweets in one trip like that but that it it was well worth going back for a second one so they, they really do a great job with that yeah if you're looking for you want to see what it looks like we posted a picture on our twitter at hyperion podcast you can see what it looks like but it's got this great pumpkin spice flavor um it's got some drizzles of caramel in there which are great there's hints of graham cracker throughout it which really are interesting mm -hmm. but it's just rich and delicious i just it's hard to explain more than that it's it's just really really good right and what worked out nice too is it did like you said the weather was great it did get a little warm in the sun so this was a nice treat to have um and it was you know easier to move around with it than trying to eat ice cream so it, it really hit 
hit all hit the sweet spot. Hit the sweet spots. Yeah, hit the sweet spot. And we one. just uh, we mobile apped, <laughs> ordered that, and just uh, went up, just grabbed it right there at the counter, and just took it. We sat next to where we talked about before, uh, the side area of flows. That's a. Uh, Right by where uh, the Radiator Springs racers go by. It's a great space. There's some shade there. You can just sit there and watch people watch or watch the racers go by. And we just sat there and sipped it. And it was it was really fun. It really was. It really was. And one of the things that you haven't hit yet, which we didn't really partake in, but churros. <laughs> Lots was, of different churros was on there. a lot of the menus throughout the Disneyland Resort I saw a in California. Churro that I think it was over by uh, Grizzly... Grizzly Peak is uh, right. Right. There was a s'mores churro that actually looked pretty good. I'm not a big churro per se, per se person. You right. know, I mean, you know, I know blasphemy. Uh, I'm not really <laughs> the churro at the park person. You know, but some of those churros look really cool. Yeah, yeah, and just very creative for the ones that they had for Halloween. And you know, they there were just so many I couldn't believe it. And yeah. in fact, in the guide, they actually had a separate section just of, for just the for churros. churros. <laughs> just the churros. I think there's a sour apple churro. There was a sour apple theme going on. I think with the poison apple, right? You know, from obviously Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. There was kind of there. I know there was some uh, sour apple cotton candy. That's that right. Year. Right. Um, so it, you know, this it's really cool and really good treats, you know. And this, for those of you that go to Walt Disney World Resort, and you know, I mean, obviously there's some treats out there, but you're, it's a different world when you go to uh, Disneyland Resort. As far as the candy they make on site, the treats they make on site, the baked goods they make on site is out of this world right, amazing compared is. to what they do at the Walt Disney World Resort. Right, I would agree. Uh, that is something, if you've never been to Disneyland Resort, definitely go into Jolly Holiday Bakery, go into their candy shops, and go check some of that stuff out. Because we walk, we all walk home every time we go there with a few things just to snack at home. Right. And not just in Halloween time. I mm-hmm. mean, throughout the year, they you know they do have different seasonal items that they offer. And it's really, like you said, it's really, yeah. they're, really they're, wonderful. Their English toffee will ruin you for any other English toffee. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I mean, once you have that toffee, you cannot eat any toffee from any place else outside of maybe England itself. Uh, you cannot find any better toffee uh, in the U.S. that I've found anyway. Right. And anyway. dark chocolate. A lot and dark of, chocolate. Lot more, Lots of great dark lot, chocolate A lot stuff. more choices for dark chocolate. If you're a dark chocolate lover, there's a lot more mm. choices there. But we digress. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, Halloween, big hit. Get out there. Go to you know, go to the Disneyland Resort. Check it out. Uh, if you're at the Walt Disney World Resort, well, obviously we're not checking it out this year, but I know that they do it up right too. Go out there, have a blast with the kids. Uh, and you don't have to necessarily go to the not-so-scary Halloween party to enjoy it. That's right. That's right. And I think that was one of the things we wanted to really kind of experiment with is not doing that this year. Would you still be able to have a great time and still get to really feel the Halloween season and I think we confirmed that definitely is the case. No, oh, we also got a picture with Goofy who made his own costume by the way, <laughs> which right. is it was great. He has this ghost costume and you see like, he stitched some patches here and everything and so Yeah. Anyway. He looked great. He was so there are some there are some people in costume. All the characters are in their are Halloween costumes, which is all also fun. So right. That's it for our Halloween coverage of the week. We always get to our Disney stories of the week after we go through our main topic. And there was so much Disney news this week. There were stories I was not able to get to. It was like a crazy week for Disney stories. It started right on, we post these things on Sunday. Monday, I already had new stories going for this week. So some of these may be a little dated, but we just kind of wanted to give our version of it. But I'm going to start with one of the biggest stories of the week uh, out of Disney, which um, actually Disney teased early in the week, and then they, they came through with it on Thursday, and that was Disney Cruise Line. They had a live streaming event uh, where they did, announced their t- early 2020 itineraries, and there was some fun news that came out of that. Absolutely, and uh, it made us 
really yearning to consider doing one of those fine, fine cruises. Yearning? I'm booking tomorrow. <laughs> yearning? There's nothing. That's a good one. Click in the mouse, booking. Uh, so Thursday morning, DCL announced some major news on a live event on the Disney Parks blog. You may have witnessed it yourself or gone back and watched it. You can uh, you can still go and check it out. It's a lot of fun. They had a lot of characters from The Princess and the Frog. There was right. a nice uh, band playing and they had a little musical number. And the reason why they did it that way and the reason why they did it live was because they were announcing for the first time for the first time in forever oh, i'm sorry for the first time ever and now you understand why i call mater singing singing it's it's you okay i'm sorry you were going to make a big announcement that's okay i'm the one who messed it up by singing probably just turned everybody just turned off our podcast I know, I right know. there Quick. yeah exactly done <laughs> Anyway, uh, what they were announcing was that they are going to be sailing for the first time ever out of New Orleans coming out this uh, winter. In That's twi- not 2020, not this winter, 2020. Right. Um, that is exciting. Uh, it's going to be the Disney Wonder, which is our favorite ship, right. uh, which is going to be sailing out of there. They're going to be doing uh, some different itineraries. They're going to be do four, six, and seven night Western Caribbean sailings out of New Orleans. They're going to be doing seven night Bahamas sailing out of New Orleans. And their westbound Panama Canal cruise, uh, 14 night, will be sailing out of New Orleans ending up in San Diego, our own backyard. Did you just say, will be or we'll be? Yes. <laughs> because that is what I'm booking tomorrow, Monday. I see. That is what I will be booking. Uh, that's actually, that cruise is that. We've been talking about that cruise, yes. possibly doing that uh, for that year anyway. And then when they sailed, they're sailing out of New Orleans, We've been wanting to get back to New Orleans. We haven't been there in, gosh, more than a decade. Right. Um, this also, it, it just has, so happens this sailing is going to correspond with exactly our 15-year anniversary. So it's just kind of all these things right. like we've got to do this cruise. Which so, we did a Panama Canal cruise for on ex- our, our honeymoon. honeymoon. Yes. So it all is like tying together like this needs to be something that we need to do. Uh, so anyway, they, uh, that is something that we will be booking. I'm going to talk about booking here in just a second. The other big announcement that came out of this was they will also be returning to Hawaii for two sailings in April and early May out of Vancouver. And again, this is also the Disney Wonder, which is the Wonder is usually the one who does the Alaska season. That's the West Coast. Right. Um, and they will be once again doing that. They're going to do that before they start their actual Alaska season out there. So they're going to come from the, 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 the uh, Panama Canal cruise. They'll do a few sailings um, in San Diego down to Mexico and such. And then they'll do their uh, Pacific Coast sailing up to Vancouver. And then they're going to do the Hawaii sailings. So there's going to be two of them. One going out. One coming back. The first one is a nine-night Vancouver, uh, nine-night Hawaii cruise out of Vancouver. Five sea days: Kauai, Maui, Hilo, and Honolulu. Then coming back to Vancouver, it starts in Honolulu, goes to Hilo, Kauai for two days, which I think is interesting because wow. Kauai is like our favorite island. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, I'm not thinking we're going to do it, but it's uh, it's a beautiful island, and having two days there is, I think, magnificent. Uh, it's a great island. If you've never been there, it's a great island to just drive around and check out all this stuff. It's a really great island to drive and, and see the sights. And a lot of fun things there, too. I know that would make a great stop to do a lot of different excursions yeah. on the water. By the way, they have kayaking like... Kayaking and snorkeling and... 
They also have the what's well, kind of like the Grand Canyon of Hawaii. It's called Waimea Canyon, and you go there. Uh, it, it, you, it's like on the other side of the island, but there's just this magnificent canyon area. Um, you, can, you can drive there easily if you want to rent a car. I'm sure they'll have excursions out there, but it's just beautiful to go see. Uh, anyway, Kauai for two days, Maui, five sea days, and then back to Vancouver for that. So uh, those might be something you're interested in. You can also obviously tag on an Alani trip uh, either side of this. Uh, whether you're sailing out of Honolulu or sailing into Honolulu, which might be interesting if you've ever wanted to go to see the Alani Resort. Uh, so now let's get to booking for these and the other cruises. There's plenty of cruises. I'm just going over the main ones. There are lots of other cruises that were announced coming up for the new season. And uh, these, these obviously were just the wonder, but of course they announced some for the magic, the dream, the fantasy as well. Uh, but booking for this grouping of sa- uh, sailings, the new ones coming up, are opening up tomorrow. Again, today is September 30th, Sunday. Uh, Monday, October 1st, if you're a Platinum Castaway Club member or a Golden Oaks, Golden Oak member, uh, you can book this starting at 8 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow, 5 a.m. Pacific Time. Wow. Yeah, I know. We have to get up early. Well, not for me. <laughs> I'm always up early. But we need to get that up and, and book early. Um for if you're a Gold Castaway Club member, uh, Tuesday, October 2nd, same time. If you're a Silver Castaway Club member, a De- Disney Vacation Club member, or an Adventure by Disney Insider, you can book on Wednesday, October 3rd. And then for everybody else, if you've never cruised on Disney Cruise Line before or not a member of any of these groups, uh, those will open up on October 4th. And now here's how you can make the reservations. They can be done on since the last grouping of uh, itineraries released. They finally opened up where you don't have to call to do it. You can actually do it online depending on what your Castaway Club status is. You'll just need to be signed on. So you can do it on the Disney vaca- or, excuse me, the Disney Cruise Line website or you can call, you still can call, 800-388-388-4513 uh, to book through uh, the telephone. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, I would say Go for it. And and don't worry if you're not able to book in those first, you know, couple days. There are plenty of ships and plenty of rooms. You know, it's just if you want to secure certain rooms, if mm-hmm. you're going for certain concierge rooms, for example, um, those are probably more apt to go quickly at the beginning. But don't hesitate or feel like because you're, you know, not able to book until Thursday that that's going to be a problem. Right. I would say, though, when you get the chance to book, book is early. even if you're just putting a deposit down, you can always change your mind later. Just putting a deposit down doesn't lock you into anything completely. You can always get your deposit back up to, I think it's 120 days out now. Uh, but it does, if you get in early, uh, a lot of times that's when the cheapest uh, rates are. That's true. So they, they tend to go up as they uh, progress through. Sometimes they'll drop back down, but they tend to go up a lot of times. So you may want to jump in early if you're even thinking about doing it. You at least have enough money to put down a deposit on it. Right. So, so that's it. Disney Cruise Line. Big news this week. Other big news going out this week. Uh, the holiday event scheduled for the Disneyland Resort. That uh, schedule has come out uh, this week. Uh, this according to the Disney Parks blog. On November 9th, the happiest place on earth will be transforming to... The merriest place on earth. (laughs) I did not write that. Of course, that's right from the Disney Parks blog, but I love it. Yes. Uh, Disneyland Park, a Christmas fantasy parade will be returning to Disneyland Park. Uh, That means the uh, Pixar play parade will be ending on November 4th. So if you love that parade and want to see it before it goes away for a while again, and we don't know when when or if it's going to come back, uh, check it out before then. But the Christmas fantasy parade, I would imagine, will be starting when they... Uh, open up the merriest place on earth, which is November 9th. Uh, the Believe in Holiday Magic Fireworks Spectacular will be returning, which of course culminates with snow. 
Yay. Snow in the middle of Anaheim is always fun. Uh, Disney California Adventure Park, they're going to be returned with their more of their festive food marketplace, which uh, is all we always enjoy going yes. there and get to sample little plates of food uh, all around. If, you're, if you know from the Walt Disney World Resort, think of the Food and Wine Festival. Uh, you know, and we can go around and get little plates of food. We can do the same thing at Disney California Adventure Park. Uh, so that'll be opening up as well. Uh, the Paint the Night Parade, because of this, Obviously, those stands go right there where the Paint the Night Parade goes a lot of the time. Right. That means that will be ending on November 7th. So that's a great parade. And if you haven't seen it yet, we don't know for sure if it's coming back or not after this. Go check it out before November 7th. But um, the holiday stuff will is a lot of fun when that opens up on the 9th. Right. And you could get get your fill of that and then a couple days later get your holiday on. Yep. So that's great. Uh, also, the Disney Viva Navidad Street Party will also be back uh, down. We were just talking about over at the Paradise Gardens area. That's where that takes place. It's uh, music, dancers, and the three caballeros leading the celebration. Woo-hoo! That's right. Donald Duck, Panchito, and Jose out there. <laughs> and, of course, the seasonal decor all throughout the resort, always a great. Uh, Christmas time is one or holiday time. Christmas time was one of our favorite times to be out there at the park. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to Small World also. Uh Switching over to their holiday. Yeah, that's all. The, the holiday layovers are great in, yes. uh, in all these uh, different areas. And they do that also in Carsland. They do some holiday stuff that's over right. there as well. Uh, so, uh, some other things, other news coming out of the parks. Uh, they announced over at the Walt Disney World Resort, they named some of the Remaining celebrity narrators for this night's, uh, this year's Candlelight Processional at the 2018 Epcot International Festival of the Holidays. That begins on November 22nd and runs through November 30th. We love it. That's right. We've been several times. Several times. Uh, so here's the rundown of all of the uh, the narrators they have so far. So Cheeto Rivera will be there on November 22nd and 23rd. Newly added Helen Hunt will be doing it on November oh, wow. 24th and 25th. Alfonso Ribeiro, who you may know from doing the Carlton. Oh, that's right. Which I can't do, even though I just tried to do it. You're right. Uh, <laughs> November 26th and 27th, he'll be out there. That's, I think, his first time doing it, or at least he's just newly announced doing right. it. Our favorite guy doing it, Neil Patrick Harris, will be there on December 3rd through the 6th. Whoopi Goldberg is going to be there December 7th through the also 9th. Also a good one. Mm-hmm. Bart Millard, who's a singer-songwriter, will be there December 10th through the 12th. Blair Underwood, who is someone we've actually seen do it and is really good. Right. Uh, he'll be there on December 13th and 14th. Gary Sinise is going to be there December 15th and through the 17th. I've seen him do it. You've seen him do it. Yep. That's really good. Pat Sajak. Uh, can I buy a vowel, please, Pat? <laughs> uh, he'll be there December 18th through the 20th. And I'm going to see if I can get this right. Ali'i. Cravalho, Ali'i Cravalho, who you may know as Moana. Oh, wow. She just was announced. She's going to be there on December 21st and the 23rd. Edward James Olmos, if you're going to be there on Christmas. Edward James Olmos, who is a favorite of mine. Yeah, he, he does an amazing job yeah. with this. I've seen him actually perform it a couple times. It's awesome. And that's a good reason why he'll be there on Christmas Eve, the 24th, and Christmas Day, the 25th. Uh, Jody Benson, who you saw last yes. year. We'll be there December 26th and December 27th. Cal Ripken Jr., if you're a baseball fan, is going to be doing it on December 28th and the 30th. Still yet to be named, so we don't know. There's maybe a couple more names coming out or maybe just one more. Uh, November through 28th through this December 2nd. They haven't announced who that's going to be yet, at least as of last I saw, they had not. So we'll wait and see on that one. But a lot of great names there, yeah. and that is always, no matter who's narrating, it's always a wonderful event. Oh, definitely. It's beautiful. 
So uh, other big news, the really big news coming out of the Walt Disney World Resort this week was that they announced, and this is straight from the Disney Parks blog, that beginning October 16th, you can go to DisneyWorld.com for a new website for vacation planning when you're going out to the Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, you'll be able to access uh, that this site. You'll be able to access online vacation planning uh, and destination and purchase tickets. Now, the biggest news about the tickets is that they're going to be progressing into date-based pricing when you go out there. So you're going to be able to look at this calendar as you're planning this out, and you're going to see that prices may vary. It may be different on a Wednesday in February than it will be on a Thursday in July. Right. Um, so you want to, you know, if you're planning out your trip, you can kind of look at this calendar and decide, okay, you know, what's the pricing going to be on these tickets? And also, you know, what that will probably mean what the crowd count may be like on those tickets. So uh, I want to get to another note before we discuss that more. But also um, there'll be travel tips from the Disney Parks Moms panelists all right there on the website, which is helpful because we talked about in past episodes how great they are at helping you plan out your vacation. So they'll be right there too. So easy access. You won't have to go to a separate site to find them. But back to the date-based uh, pricing. This is something we've discussed for a while, that Disney is going to be doing some things different with uh, a lot of the things that are coming now. We know Galaxy's Edge is coming. Uh, you know, Toy Story Land just opened up. Pandora opened up a year before. There's lots of stuff coming to both resorts on both uh, sides of the U.S., uh, so they are going to have to do something to deal with what they expect might be some bigger crowds coming up, and this looks like they're trying to get ahead of it with this. I think you would agree, right? Absolutely, and we've talked about that over the last several years, actually. You know, they tried to just keep raising prices and saw that that didn't really... No, parks are still <laughs> fairly crowded. Right, and that, you're right, so it had very little impact on it, so they they really do need did need to come up with some strategies or additional strategies to try out to see if they could help control the crowd so that people who are going can really still have a great experience um, and make it available to everybody who wants to go. But like you're saying, you may then look to see what dates would be more favorable, whether it be price wise or the concern for crowd um, numbers. And so that's actually a tool that can be very helpful. Very helpful. And it depends on what's important to you. If you're looking for, you know, pay a little less, you know, and also look for, you know, a better crowd. Or if you don't mind paying a little more. But because of the fact they're paying more, hopefully what they're trying to get is that people will look for some of the lesser price days and some of the crowd will shift to those dates. Um, we'll see. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how it works. I'm just glad that Disney is trying to get ahead of this, you know, knowing that as they can foresee what's what's to come in the future. Right. Especially with um, Galaxy's Edge, like you mentioned, it's going to be opening in the summer next year. And so this gives them some time to really try out things that could make it a better experience. And we talked about in previous episodes what they're doing at the Disneyland Resort. I mean, if you don't know, if you're if you're a big fan of the Walt Disney World Resort, Walt Disney Resort World Resort, I mean, yes, there are annual pass holders, but it's driven by vacationers more than it is by annual pass holders. Uh, that is what drives us. So that's why they're changing the ticket prices, I think, the individual tickets, because not as many people buy annual pass holders. Disneyland Resort is completely different, because you're, you're drawing out of uh, Los Angeles, Orange County, San Diego, Santa Barbara, some huge population communities, a lot of annual pass holders throughout these areas. Uh, so they need, they've made changes to how the annual passes are going to run next year. And again, we talked about this earlier in an earlier episode. So there are going to be days where if you have a certain annual pass, you're not going to be able to go into one park or the other. So that's how they're trying to kind of limit that crowd 
coming in uh, is like there'll be certain days that you can only you. They're not days that you probably. I mean, there will be blackout days, but many days that you don't, you can't go. But maybe you can only go to Disney California Adventure Park, or maybe days when you can only go to Disneyland Park. Right, and that makes sense. I mean, we've seen it right now, like you're saying, with annual pass holders kind of driving the majority of the crowds at Disneyland, and and that's great. And I'm so happy for people. But like even weekdays, you can be in the park and you go along, and it's pretty empty, and then. Bam, it's like 3, 3.30. School and gets school out, gets work out. gets out. Right, and people, that's, you know, a, a great fun afternoon slash early evening or going out there to have food in the park. You've already got your yeah. ticket because you're an annual pass holder. And so I could see with, again, I'm repeating about Galaxy's Edge, but I could see then that being also an area that would end up drawing so many more people who might not have actually gone out in the evening to say, yeah, hey, I, you know, done work with work, done with school. Let's head over and check out uh, Star Wars Land. Yeah, I, I think we talk about Galaxy's Edge a lot here, but I think we both agree that uh, there is a lot of anticipation for this area being opened up, and I think that that's going to drive a lot of people to the park and just to check that out. If anything else, I've, we've we discussed it uh, not on the air but uh, off the air a couple of days ago, and we think that that could, you know, going to that part of the park could be crazy at times. So, um, I'm like I said, I'm just glad Disney's trying to get ahead of this. Right. And, you know, it, Disneyland, excuse me, um, Star Wars Land or Galaxy's Edge is, you know, also attracting not just people who like Disneyland, but people who may not be as interested in going mm-hmm. to the Disneyland parks now see something that they do want to do out there and, you know, want to be part of that immersive uh, experience that they're going to have there. So it's drawing a lot more people who might not have normally been park goers. Yeah, I completely agree with you. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But like I said, I'm just glad Disney's doing something and we'll see how it turns out. Uh, hopefully this, these steps will uh, start moving things in the direction that we're looking for as far as the crowds come uh, up. But there are great times a year for both parks to go. I mean, I know we're, we're being kind of doom and gloom about crowds, but don't take that. Don't, don't, keep that from keep yourself from going to the parks right it's still a lot of fun to be had and i don't think it's this sometimes we just do doom and gloom but it's not that bad right and it's not really doom and gloom actually you know it's it's kind of a great thing that disney is looking to see how are they going to have some you know controls to make sure that people who actually are in those areas have a fantastic time because it won't be to wall-to-wall people or anything like that. So not doom and gloom. I think actually this is a good thing to really help make sure that you can plan your vacation to get into the parks you want to and know that it's going to be manageable uh, because the company is actually trying to be, you know, proactive on this. Yeah, I know this is a this is a big good step uh, for the Walt Disney World Resort, in my opinion and in your opinion as well. So, um, we've been talking about Galaxy's Edge a ton here. Well, I have some other Galaxy's Edge news that came out this week, uh, thanks to certain copies of Solo: A Star Wars Story, which was released on uh, Blu-ray uh, this week. Yay. <laughs> which we watched just just the other night. Uh, if you happen to have purchased Solo Blue, the Blu-ray version from Target, we did not, so we do not have this. But it's a good thing this story came out so we could hear what's going on about with it. Uh, you, they had a 13-minute bonus feature that was added uh, to it uh, that provided more details about the Millennium Falcon attraction that's going to be at Galaxy's Edge. Uh, This is straight out of uh, WDW News Today, one of our favorite sites for Disney News. According to the video, the ride will be uh, able to accommodate 42 guests at a time uh, in seven pods that seat six people each. 
we, I think we kind of knew that six people each in the pods right. were going to be. Uh, so th- that is not news to us. It's just we didn't know how many pods there would be. Uh, the riders will be able to interact with the environment and the pods, and that they will be able to rotate a full 360 degrees, which is interesting. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Uh, here's what Asa Kalama, I hope I spent, said that right, executive creative director of the attraction had to say, quote, you're truly in control of the fastest and most iconic ship in the entire galaxy. And Hondo, Hondo, you know Hondo. I do. Yeah. He's gone ahead and added a couple extra seats. You know, if you've looked at, if you've seen the Millennium Falcon <laughs> for so many years, you know there's not six seats in there. He's added a couple more so he can get as many of those flight crews through as possible. There are 200 some odd buttons, knobs, and switches on the inside of the cockpit, and they all do stuff. Nice. If you're the gunners in the center there, will uh, there, and you don't fire back on the TIE fighters fast enough, they're going to riddle the hull with laser bolts. <laughs> The engineers in back, it's really up to them to keep the whole Falcon working in order, in working order. So they're back there furiously working away on their various systems, end quote. So very interactive ride. Right. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of blast. Yeah. Everybody's going to have a role to play right. in this. A little assignment. Yes. Part of the crew. Yeah. So as we just talked about, Hondu Anaka, if you don't know who he is, if you haven't watched The Clone Wars or Rebels, he is a very fun and right. just a kick of a character. He's kind of a space pirate. Uh, he's, he's out there, and he, apparently he's going to be leading this thing. And by the way, I don't know if anybody, I'm sure some of you Star Wars fans know this, but I bet you I'm going to surprise Michelle with this right now. Okay. Do you know who voices Hondo? No. Jim Cummings. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah that is a surprise yeah, to me. I, I just found—I actually didn't know up until uh, I think when we were doing uh, talk about Christopher Robin. That's when right. I found it out. It was always oh wow, fascinating stuff. So it was actually Hondu and uh, Obi Wan uh, on Christopher Robin, by the way. Uh, but I digress. <laughs> um, so he wants you—he's going to send them out to you out to bring back the loot. End quote. Uh, here's uh, from Imagineering mm-hmm. Executive Scott Trowbridge. Uh, what he had to say about the story, it says, quote, if you bring back all the loot and there's not a scratch on the ship and Hondu is really happy that when you bring it back, you might find yourself with some extra galactic credits in your account. But do a poor job, lose the cargo, <laughs> smash up the ship. You might come back owing more money than you started with. The boss man might not be too happy with you. And when you roll across to the local cantina, the bartender might lean over to you and say, hey, Word on the street is your name's been put on the list of a local bounty hunter. I'd watch it if I were you. So it's <laughs> not only awesome. going to be on the ride. This is going might carry over as you're going to the cantina or whatever. That you know? is cool. So how well you so he's, anyway to end the quote he says so how well you do on this mission really does have the impact on your overall land wide story. I think that's a lot of fun and I'm interesting to see how it actually turns out. Yeah, it's adding a new dimension to the whole uh, park experience. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so uh, as I said, the anticipation's so great and it's crazy over the moon for me and I know for you as yes, well. So yes. uh, that's even more exciting news and I'm really looking forward to that. And that's just one of the attractions there. There's also a uh, first order versus the resistance uh, attraction. That's going to be, it sounds pretty cool too. That you can take part in. I'm very excited about that. So can't wait. Can't yes. wait. Can't wait. Uh, more Star Wars news this week. There's a new Star Wars VR experience coming in 2019. Uh, if you are an Oculus Quest owner, they'll have uh, an exclusive Star Wars VR series uh, to look forward to next spring. It's called Vader Immortal. Wow. They released a uh, a trailer, a small teaser trailer this week. Uh, the company that does this is the ILM uh, L- I- X Lab. 
I'm probably getting you want to try wrong. that again? <laughs> the ILM X Lab. Um, I think I, I hope I got that right. Uh, they're the same people that do the, the stuff at the Void. So if you've been to Disney Springs or if you've been to Downtown Disney and done the Secrets of the Empire, uh, that's the same people. But they're doing this. It sounds like this is actually for a home version, but they may also uh, put it in at the Void. Wow, uh, speculating so possibly. Uh, the teaser trailer was released this week, and it looks it looks like it places you on Mustafar, which as we've seen before is uh, Vader's where he has his own kind of palace there as we saw in Rogue One Uh, kind of cool Uh, it'll be a three episode series written by David S. uh, Goyer who uh, also wrote Secrets of the Empire Um, so really cool I guess it's going to place the story um, right between Revenge of the Sith and Rogue One. So kind of in that time being. Interesting. I may have to go out. And I never (laughs) thought I would actually get a VR setup or whatever. But that game and the little teaser trailer, you can go find it online. And just go to YouTube. You can find it. Uh, Really was like, wow. Uh, It looks really cool. Awesome. And one more video game note. As we're running long, as we always do. I don't know why I even say we're running long. We're running on time, is what I should say. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 has released the name of its cast of voice actors and includes a lot of names you Disney fans out there will know. If you don't know what Kingdom Hearts 3 is, it's kind of a, uh, it's a video game. Uh, that's kind of a Final Fantasy video game, but it's all wrapped around Disney. It's, it's got Donald, it's got Goofy, it's got uh, Mickey. And you go to all these different lands, which are actually lands of the different movies from the Disney franchises. So anyway, let's get to the names that are going to be voicing some of these characters in this video game. Haley Joel Osment is returning as Sora. He's done Sora for the last several games. Uh, He'll be back. Uh, Tony Anselmo, who has done Donald Duck for years now, and I've done Donald Duck all in the Kingdom Hearts games, will be back. Bill Farmer is doing Goofy, as he's been doing Goofy for years now. Nice. Uh, He'll be back. Uh, Other net voices out there, Kristen Bell, Adina Menzel, Jonathan Groff, Josh Gad, they're going to be there to play their Frozen characters, Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, and Olaf. Awesome. Zachary, uh, I never know if it's Levi or Levy, but Zachary Levi, Levy, whatever. He'll be back as Eugene Fitzhermit, that, <laughs> Fitzherbert, that's right. Flynn Rider from Tangled. And Donna Murphy will be there as Mother Gothel as well. Wow. Uh, Tate Donovan is back to play Hercules again. He's played it in past uh, Kingdom Hearts versions. John Ratzenberger and Wallace Shawn will reprise their roles as Ham and Rex from the Toy Story franchise. And uh, there's a lot, a few other names too, but those are the biggest ones. But... Uh, great to see that Disney's all in on this game and that a lot of the big names that you know will be within this. Right, well. right. Can't wait for that to come out, too, because uh, we've played the game <laughs> so many times with the older version. So it's going to be great to see some of the new lands and have that fun experience. And Plus, they've been teasing this one for like a yeah, year and a half oh, now. So we're waiting for it to come out. I believe it's coming out in January of 2019 is what they're saying right now. And as we get more news about it, it looks like it's really going to come to fruition. So we're really excited about it for when it comes out. And, cool. Um, that, that may be a week when we do, can't do the podcast because I'll just be locked in playing that <laughs> game for hours on end. And you know, I just, could try to do it alone, uh, but that would be <laughs> not a good idea. Anyway, that's our Disney stories of the week. We huh? met. Oh, oh, contraire. Whoa. That's right. I forgot. You have a Disney story of the week from one of our uh, Hyperion That's adventurers right, out right. there. That's right. So, I'm sorry. I jumped the gun there a little bit. That's right. That's all right. So um, this actually came from, um, as I mentioned, Tom O. And he uh, tipped us off to 
somewhat of an obscure site, and I'm going to call it that because the name of it is Atlas Obscura. Um, but it, the title of the article was Even Magic Kingdoms Need Urban Planners. And so it really went into a lot of great um, examples of how the Disney parks needed to have consideration for the things that go on to make a city functional. And um, so the author addressed elements that are, how they put it, self-contained marvels of metropolis buildings. Uh, so, for example, they, they cited that Disney had Disneyland put in a very reliable transit system, which was the first monorail in the Western Hemisphere. And Disney World Resort revolutionized trash handling. <laughs> Yes. And it's interesting. I read the article and there was something I wasn't sure about because what they said is that the trash cans are spaced precisely 30 feet apart. I'm going to take out a tape measure. I know. Next time we're there. Because that's how I get my fun when I'm at the park. (laughs) Measuring. Right. right. Nobody will spot you doing that. So uh, I was like, really? Is that true? So I did look up this in more depth and saw numerous references regarding the placement of trash cans at the different parks. Who would have thought that was out there? But um, they all mention a very similar either 30 feet or 30 steps. And they also all reference the fact that Walt did observations before opening Disneyland, you know, of what people would do with trash, about how far on average would they go if they couldn't find a trash can and just dropped it on the ground. (laughs) So, um, and the other revolutionary part of how they handle trash at Disney World is the underground tube system um, mm-hmm. So that vacationers really don't have to experience seeing utilities, you know, util- right? And so the ex- the vacationers don't have to see garbage trucks coming through or anything like that, and which is really good in Florida because especially with the summer heat, you know, garbage sitting in that heat mm-hmm. can really become a, a nuisance. So um, you know, it's, it's just shows that we take for granted a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes that make these these theme parks really marvelous. But another little tidbit that the article talked about is that um, Walt had first proposed a 16-acre site between Griffin Park and his studios in Burbank, but the city thought it was going to be too much of a carny situation for their city. So, and as this author, Jessica Leigh-Hester, pointed out, is that that setback got Walt thinking even bigger. Wow. And actually, I guess we have to be thankful for Burbank turning him down on that first go around so that he could actually go forward and really plan a much larger scale and and that being Disneyland. um, And if you're interested in any more tidbits and information, like I said, um, there's the article in it, uh, Atlas Obscura, but also a new book was just released in September called Walt Disney's Disneyland. And so that also talks about some of the early inspiration and ideas and research that went on to make the parks marvelous. Yeah, I saw that I saw that book come out a few weeks back. I actually tried to get the, the author on with us, but he's so busy because it's such a great book that he's been busy making the rounds and unfortunately hasn't hit us yet. But right. we're still hoping to be able to get an uh, interview with him at some point because it looks like a magnificent book about the planning of uh, Disneyland in its early stages. Exactly. And then one other little piece of news that isn't really news news, but uh, just going along with our theme of Halloween, uh, tomorrow starts the 31 days of Halloween on Freeform. Oh, yes. And so they have some really you know, fun Halloween or 
uh, style movies coming out like Nightmare Before Christmas, Hotel Transylvania. But I did notice that they have a they will be playing Hocus Pocus throughout the month, but also a Hocus Pocus 25th anniversary Halloween mm. bash. So cool. some things to look forward to throughout the month for getting into the Halloween spirit. Yeah, and Freeform expanded. I think it used to be the 13 days of Halloween. They're right. like, no, we're just going to take over the whole month and just start it because it was such a popular thing to have going on. So. Right. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, so that's kind of a tip in many ways for you to tune into Freeform and check that stuff out. But we also always do some sort of vacation tip at the end of our show, whether it right. be Run Disney, whether it be Walt Disney World Resort, whether it be Disneyland Resort, Disney Cruise Line, Disney Vacation Club, whatever. We try and give you a little tip before we leave every day we do a show uh, just to kind of get you uh, ready for what might be your next vacation. If you haven't heard some of them, you can go back to some of our past episodes. Wherever you found this episode, you can probably find our past episodes as well and get some of our vacation tips. But if you've listened to those vacation tips in the past, you know we always start with Michelle. And the reason we always start with Michelle was because she's beautiful and wonderful <laughs> and so darling, sweet. but also because she has the best tips. So without any further ado, here's Michelle's tip of the week. Well, thank you, sweetie. So my tip, I can sum it up in two words. Look up. And <laughs> I see you're doing that right now. I, I, I guess I, I see should some fluorescent it, lights. I guess I should say a few more words. Look up when you're at the Disney parks. Oh, good, because those fluorescent <laughs> lights are really hurting. I know, right? So, uh, for example, during this Halloween season, um, that was one of the things we, as you mentioned, we got there a few minutes after a rope drop, and you know we wanted to rush to get fast pass for um, the, the haunted mansion, and. And I realized right at that moment, it's like, oh my gosh, we've been to this park so many times and, and I'm feeling rushed to get something done. So, Which many times you often are. We've that, talked about it in the past. Right, right. And, and realize, okay, got to bring it on back. We're at a, such a spectacular place. And I don't know what made me first look up. There must have been something shiny. <laughs> <laughs> Shiny, shiny, um, but, squirrel, right? <laughs> but then I realized there is so many really cute, funny, cool decorations that are not at eye level. That if you just take the moment to look up, I mean, we saw so many, as you mentioned earlier, jack o' lanterns, um, and we also saw f bats flying out of uh, the top of Carthay Circle building. Right, like kind of out of the belfry there at the top right, of Right, right. And, you know, just a lot of other types of, of Halloween or, or fall-inspired decorations. And, again, I, I feel like a lot of times my tips are going to try to experience the parks at a little bit more depth than just going to all the attractions Traction, or attraction, eating attraction, the food. Right. Show, 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 show. Right. And to, to take the opportunity to really enjoy a lot of this additional fun that was put in there for us. And so that's why I say look up. And so when, when I started realizing that was up there, I know we talked about it and I said, Oh, can we take the double-decker bus? Which, of course, we love to do anyway. Right. And that way... And I was, we've talked about it in past episodes. Then um, we were able... Then it was at eye level <laughs> to see a lot of these uh, decorations down uh, Main Street, USA. And you brought up something that I thought was really interesting uh, once we finished the, the ride. Yeah. So we were heading down from the train station down towards... Uh, Sleeping Beauty Castle, uh, and I decided I was looking there as we we're waiting just uh, for everybody to board, and we were up top on the second level of the omnibus, and I saw some of the jack-o'-lanterns up there. So I'm like, I wonder how many jack-o'-lanterns there are there. So I just decided as we're going down to start counting them. Now I don't know if my count is exactly correct, but 
I came up with an incredible number for how many are there. Right. And I thought when you asked me how many, I think my first guess was like 20 or 30. 30. I think you said 30 to begin with. Right. And I said, I kind of pointed up higher, higher. I said 40. Uh, higher, higher. And she's like, okay, I'm not going to keep guessing how many. One side of the street, this is just, I believe it's the eastern side of uh, Main Street, USA. I counted 101 wow. jack-o'-lanterns. I may have missed some. Um, but that's how many I saw up there, 101 jack-o'-lanterns. So when we came back down, we unfortunately, by the time we came back down, we were going to do the bus again, but the, the, it was just too many people getting into the park at certain times. They they shut down some of these vehicles because they just they, they can't get through around the people that are coming right. down Main Street, USA. So we just kind of walked down, and I counted on the other side, and I counted 104 on the other side of Main Street, USA. So, right. Amazing. And they're all different. They're funny. Some of the favorites. I, I love the pirate one. And there's one that was a little harder to see. I wasn't sure if you were going to see it. Yeah, it was, it. it was a dark one. It was a, yeah. It was so, a dark jack-o'-lantern. Right. So, so when you're out there, look up. Yeah, but this just goes, just goes to show you how much you can miss. That there. I mean, I thought, when I started counting, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe there's 50. Right. I, when I was going along and I was like, holy cow, they just keep going. They're just everywhere. And you know, a lot of times it's some of the uh, stuff b- above some of the entrances into the different shops or whatever. And then even in just those, you'll find 12 just in that one little block. Right. But there's all sorts of different levels of windows that they're in. Sometimes there's one in there. Sometimes there's three in there. But it's just amazing. But go check it out. You know, Take in the sights. The decor is fantastic as we were talking about Halloween before. It's, right. it's really great stuff. And your right. tip is great. Look up. Well, thank you. Yeah. And it just, like I said, gives you a little different... I mean, a little different experience that day that, you know, especially if you're somebody who does go to the park more routinely, it it blends something new into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great tip. As always, Michelle always has the best tips. Now to my tip. My tip is a very simple one, um, and it's something that has to do with actually what Michelle just did a little bit ago on the show. Uh, Did you know that when you go to the parks... That, uh, yes, of course, you can go to all the quick service restaurants or the restaurants and order the food and have it there or carry it around the park or whatever. But you can also, whenever you go and order food, you can also get it to go. They have packages in most of the places that you can get them to get it to go in bags to carry on. So if you're staying on site anywhere nearby, whether it be the Disneyland Resort and the nearby hotels, including obviously the Disneyland Resort hotels, or even Walt Disney World Resort, if you're staying on site uh, and you want to take a little bit of the food from the park back uh, with you, just ask when you go up and purchase it, just ask for it to go. They'll put it in a special package that you can usually seal up in some way, give you a bag, and you can carry that right up with you and take some of the the plastic wear and such and napkins and stuff with you and you can eat it right in your room so if there's something you might want to have later if you're like you know already eaten something something you want to have later you can do that if there's like we ran into yesterday where we had you know we'd already eat, had two milkshakes <laughs> so we didn't we, but we wanted to try these this cakes in the uh, the conchita and the cocoa cake um we just asked for them to go packaged them up took them home with us i had some last night michelle just had some just a little bit ago that's right. That's a great tip. So, I mean, and it's just a great way if, you know, you want to try some of these foods, but you've had enough food for the day or whatever. You want to try something home. We do it a lot where we, we if we're going to the park for the day, but we're going home for the evening, traveling to San Diego, we'll pick up something from, say, Flo's or whatever. And we'll just, you know, we've been traveling. We've been at the park all day. We don't want to cook at night. Um, so some of that food is just kind of nice to just, you know, have at home. We'll just kind of warm it up a little bit and have that at home. But it's just right. a really easy way to take some of that food home for you. Extends the magic. Extends the magic and, again, lets you sample some things that you may not have sampled in the park because you've just had too much other food right. when you're there. So uh, that's my main tip of the week. Now I'm going to a second tip this Whoa. week because Michelle dared me to do this. <laughs> 
because I mentioned when I was at the park this week um, that uh, I was, we were driving in from the parking garage, the Mickey and Friends parking garage, and I looked over to the left, and uh, it was just as we were passing by, so I didn't get to alert Michelle to this, but I saw a cat on the side <laughs> as I was passing by, and I realized when I was out there that maybe you, especially people who haven't been to the Disneyland Resort, or maybe you who've possibly been there a lot, may not know that there are... Groups of cats that roam through the Disneyland. They are the Disneyland cats. They roam throughout the Disneyland Resort, and right. they are welcomed there. As a matter of fact, Walt and the, the staff that opened the Disneyland Resort, you know, in 1955, liked them there because they kind of. Now, of course, this place is, of course, all started with a mouse. Well, they really, outside of Mickey and Minnie and such, they wanted to keep down the rodent population there, and the cats were the perfect things to do that. So they have allowed these feral cats to uh, roam these grounds. Uh, they believe that there's up to about uh, two dozen of them out there right now. They're all spayed and neutered, so they, they don't go crazy and don't completely overrun <laughs> the place. Uh, but they're out there all over the place. Um, you, they're kind of, you know, we're talking about Halloween. They're kind of phantoms in their own right. You don't always right. see them, but when you do, it's amazing. Yes. You're, just, you're just sitting there, and there's a cat. You're like, wow, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen at Disneyland. It's a cat. Um, but because you know about the Disneyland cast. Now, you'll know if you see one. Uh, you may know about that. So um, they have cast members that uh, check on them from time to time to make sure that they're healthy. Uh, there are fan pages out there dedicated to these. And some, wow. of them, some of them have even been giving them names for ones that you see most often. There's Francisco, who is seen often around Grizzly Peak. And there's Ned, who's seen often around the Disneyland Hotel. Um, if you're out there and you see one, uh, guests are discouraged to um, just, you know, to go up and try to interact with them at all but uh it's just kind of cool if you're out there just kind of one more thing to look around you your look up and another thing is look up we've seen them um up on grizzly peak right. I, like i said we just saw them uh just kind of you're just kind of sitting in the lawn on the way as we were taking the uh the the uh, tram in and you, it's just kind of a fun thing to see you're like oh there's one of the disneyland cats it's that's just so right. cool so. yeah they've, like you said that's from walt's time that they had that thought and it kind of goes with that other article mm -hmm. we were talking about where there was planning on how to make things better for people who come to the parks so yeah it's just one of those things to look out we always try and give you something else to kind of look around you get your look up thing which is brilliant right. and mine is just kind of keep your eyes out when you're just kind of walking around i always we last week i was telling you about look for those characters they're just right. walking around where you, you you may not expect to see uh this week you know hey if you're just kind of walking by a wooded area or you know, look around see if you might see one of the disneyland cats and you might be rewarded because a lot of people don't get to see them right right so just kind of a little That's treat that's right. Very nice. So, Very see, nice. I did it. I, you I, did. I, you so did. Yeah, I, I said, maybe I'll do that as my tip of the week. You're like, pick another tip. <laughs> well, I did it anyway. So. I did both. I did both. I picked another right. tip, and I just bring up the Disneyland cats. So, so that's it for this week. Uh, thank you again for joining us for another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. Next week, we may have something special coming up to talk about. Not so sure yet, but we'll come up with a great topic no matter what happens. We always try and come with some fun topic. So uh, we will let you know more about what's happening next week as we do our teaser video. Uh, we release that on social media, usually on Thursday mornings every week. So if you're looking to find out what we're going to be talking about next week, we will let you know then. So if you're going to check that out, follow us on social media, Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. You can find us on the web, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com, as well as the 1057max.com website under the Max Plus tab. And you can email us if you have any information. If you've seen some of the Disneyland cats, I want to hear about your experience. Right. Uh, if you have anything you want us to talk about, if you have a subject you want us to cover, any Disney stories you want to share with us, like Tom O did uh, today, please email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Even if you just want to say hi and tell 
what you think about the show, things we could do better, things you enjoy, whatever. We love to hear from all our Hyperion adventurers out there. So please contact us. You found us today. In the future, you can find us on 1057max.com. We're also on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play Music. If you haven't heard your favorite place to find podcasts and we're not on it right now, let us know. Maybe we can find a way to also get on there as well. We are in a lot of places that I'm not even mentioning here. Uh, some places I, I stumble across and I'm like, oh, I didn't know we were on there, but cool. Um, and, but it also, a big deal is if you get on those sites and you have the chance, please give us a little rating, a little review. We'd really appreciate it so much. Uh, we love all you out there and we uh, love to be able to share this with more Hyperion Adventures. Let us know we exist out here for them to listen to. Right. So we would certainly appreciate that. And we appreciate, like Tom said, all the people who are listening now. Um, and you can also, when we're talking about getting uh, in touch with us, if there's something that we've talked about that we may not have given you enough information about, feel free to ask us some questions. Um, and that's sometimes where we get some information that we share back with you, the, everybody later, because if you if we weren't clear enough for one person, we may not have been clear enough for everybody. Yeah, sometimes we gloss over some things right. or we don't get, sometimes, you know, there are a couple things that we haven't gotten exactly right. So if you know something a little different than us, you know, we'd appreciate it. Please let us know. I mean, we want, we don't want to put out any falsehoods out there. So, right. you know, please let us know and we will correct it on the air on the next uh, episode. So. Thank you again for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope you have a magical week.